I'm Juliana from the Delenta team, and you're listening to Conversations with Coaches. Today, I have the pleasure to be speaking to Jacqueline Kent, a very talented women's wellbeing author and coach. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you doing today? Good morning, Juliana. I'm really good. Thank you. Yes, I'm uh, looking forward to our chat. So, <laughs> Yeah, me too. Um, so could you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? So I'm a women's wellbeing coach and I specialize in helping women who've reached a certain age, usually 40 or over. They've kind of got to that time in their life where they've realized that um, they don't really know how to prioritize themselves because they've been so used to taking care of everybody else. And it's almost like they wake up one morning and think, is this it? Is this all there is? And so I help them to identify possible causes for that. And then we look at ways that we can help them transform it into something more positive so that they can start to learn how to take a little bit better care of themselves, put themselves first. And I'm really passionate about it because it's somewhere that I was once and I see it. It's such a common thread in women of that age and I know that it's possible to find so much more fulfillment, even with still having, you know, a family, a busy life, work, all of that sort of stuff, that it is actually possible to achieve a healthy balance. Yeah. So you help them with like meditating and understanding their sense of self and self-worth. It's, yeah, it's it's a sense of self thing. So it quite often starts with understanding their choices choices that they might have made up to a certain point and sometimes it's about making different choices or um, working a little bit with what's currently going on for them that might not be helping them in some way or not serving them Um, quite often there are issues around boundaries they're not very good at saying no so we work on ways that they can do that but in a gentle, loving way. So it's not, you know, it's not like a real shock to the system. It's a compassionate, nurturing way of doing things because I think that's the hardest thing. It's often these these women that are so giving that, you know, they don't know how to not do that and end up suffering for it, really. Yeah, yeah. So how did you get into coaching? So I've always been someone that people have come to for advice from about the age of eight. Okay. <laughs> I, I used to, even at school, I used to have teachers come to me and ask me if I could talk to children that were, you know, nervous about entering a new class and things like that. And I had sort of slightly strange experiences. So I had spent some time on crutches and was isolated from the class when they were going on outings and things. I wasn't able to join them. And because I'd experienced some teachers that other children didn't get on with, I was then approached to kind of help them, you know, see that it wasn't really that scary. And um, yeah, I've just always been, I was kind of like known as the agony aunt at school in sort of secondary school. Um, People just always knew me for coming to me to help them with their stuff. (laughs) And I never really understood why. It's just something Mm -hmm. that I did. And then over... A period of about 25, 30 years, I went through some life affirming, life changing experiences that really did help me to learn to be incredibly resilient and understand that 
you know, it wasn't always about just trudging through the stuff, but finding a way that helped me to feel as though I had actually owned it. And mm. I think that that's been key in, you know, wanting to know and understand better ways that I can help other women do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. You know, that's lovely. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your books. So you released mm. three three books in the past four years, which is amazing. With uh, starting with Onward and Upward, which well, was right. got that 2018. Yeah. Lovely, yeah, yeah, I can see yeah, that. Got that one. <laughs> and then yep. um, the girls who refused to quit in 2020. Well, <laughs> lovely. That was a co-author one. That was that was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, lovely. <laughs> and then um, you've got this right, which is the most recent <laughs> one. Last there we month, are. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, just that's amazing. Three books in four years. That's crazy. Could you tell me a bit <laughs> about these books and how you got into writing and all that? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. So, again, the writing thing. Um, when I was very young, it was always something that I did. I was a proper bookworm and um, I loved to read. I would be quite happy in the reading corner at school, even if I wasn't really learning anything else. Mm-hmm. And I um, one of the things that I remember from when I was very young, I think, again, probably about 10 or something like that. I just randomly at home one day wrote this short story and went up to my teacher. I'd made it into like a little picture book and everything. And I I went up to my teacher and I was like, Miss, I need to read this to the class. And she was like, "Okay." You know, it wasn't a project. It wasn't homework. It wasn't anything like that. And I, I stood up and read this story, you know, just I don't know why. I've no idea. It was just something that I loved. I've always loved words. And um, I got a gold star, so I was quite happy with that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of confidence as well to do that, you know. Already yeah, when you're a kid, did... getting up in front of the class, but especially... And it didn't bother me at all. It didn't bother me. And so writing's always been in my world. Um, my gran was an inspiration in that way. She was always very good with words. She loved to write poetry. I actually... Um, she's one of the people that my first book was dedicated to because she was such an inspiration to me. And so one of the things that happened for me that was a little bit different than perhaps most 16 year olds is I had a baby when I was 16 and I wasn't in a position to really go for the whole full time college thing, but I really wanted to keep learning and doing something. And so I stuck with A-level English and um, put that with drama. And by doing that, it just kind of got me really in that space of you know, falling really in love with the English language, actually. And um, I just love the way that you can use words to move people. I think it's amazing. Um, And one of the things I had to do for that was write a, I think it was a three and a half thousand word short story. And to me now, that seems like nothing at all, because I could knock that out in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do tend to write quite quickly. But um, During that time, obviously, as I was, you know, growing up, maturing, but also bringing another person into the world, I kept a lot of diaries and um, I've got the diary entry. So my first book, Onward and Upward, actually opens with the original diary entry from when I found out I was pregnant at 16. And um, yeah, so there's a lot of emotive stuff in there. And I kept personal as well. Very, very personal, very honest. And I always kept journals and diaries throughout many struggles that I experienced when I lost my son 
um, when my third child then was diagnosed with a disability, when I was going through my marriage breakdown, it's all been documented. And I didn't, you know, think at the time I'm going to use this one day. That wasn't really the intention of it, but it helped me to process stuff. So I understand, you know, the importance and the significance that that had for me. And um, yeah, so as it turned out, it's kind of become something that I use in kind of my coaching. So I encourage people, you know, to get stuff out of your head. I used to thank my diary for listening to me and not answering back. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it really, that- it really does help, you know, to process your your emotions as well. Any kind of writing, if it's journaling or writing songs or anything, it really yeah. helps you put it out there and kind of understand what you're feeling as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I also always found it really helpful and cathartic to look back on, you know, years later, I could, I could look back and I'd be like, oh, I don't remember feeling that low or things were really, really tough. But look where I've come from now, you know, and it, and it really helped to strengthen me to know whatever you are going through. There's usually been something else that you've come back from. So you can do it again. There's nothing, you know, to stop you. Just keep moving forward. Um, and so when I kind of had the sign, I had a sign from the universe that I was going to write my book, basically my first book. Um, so I read a book called Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. And she talks a lot about doing what lights you up. And so this was at the beginning of 2018. And I read this book and I thought, I'm going to write, I'm going to write a book. But I didn't know, I knew that I had a lot of experiences that would um, be useful to share with people. And I couldn't see how that was going to work. I thought that was several individual books, how to be a teen mum, how to cope with bereavement. you know how to always had this vision of all these how-to books and then I started working with a book mentor and she encouraged me that actually all of those things could be brought together in one book to kind of you know touch on each individual area of my life and I actually wrote the book from start to finish so I started in the March and it was published in the August so five months yeah that's amazing it, it really wow. was an, an amazing journey yeah mm-hmm. yeah so do you think having a coach I mean like a mentor to help you like write and structure it was like really helpful yeah I mean one of the things that she really encourages you to do is just get everything out and don't filter anything and I think that that was really really important especially when it comes to doing it from a therapeutic point of view it was helpful because you can just you know, work through everything as it comes up, but also you don't stop in the process. So you're not kind of stopped as you go along thinking, I have to go back now and reread or rewrite or anything. You're just writing, 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 and then, you know, stop for a breather, go back and look at it a little bit later Mm -hmm. on. And it was amazing that I quite often would look back on that work and think, I don't even remember writing that. It just flowed, you know, it was... It was a really good thing because we had um, like a routine that I used to follow. So I'd have my writing playlist, my writing treats. So I'd have a little bowl of sweets. I'd have the same mug of coffee with an inspirational quote on it. I'd have um, 
scented candle and all of those things. I did it at the same time of day. So I always did it before I got on with my day business because I was working in the wedding industry at the time. And I just do that before I did any of my other work so that even when I got to lunchtime, I could at least think I've done something, you know, really quite important today. Mm-hmm. And um, it just made me feel as though, you know, whatever I achieved in that day, I always knew that I'd started off in a brilliant way to actually set the scene for, you know, set the intention for actually getting it done and getting it finished. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way to do it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, Mm. after you've had a whole day of work and everything, it can get difficult to get motivated and you've got so much else to do as well. I don't think I'd have had the energy. I think I'd have just been like, I don't think I can be bothered. I'll just, I'll, you know, maybe chuck out a couple of hundred words and then go to bed or something. You're just not in the same space. For me, for me, that worked well. I'd start my day a bit earlier than I had been previously, and that was fine. I'd go for a little bit of a walk, just kind of shift my headspace from, you know, housey stuff, breakfast and all of that jazz to this is my time now. And I treated it as that. I treated it as like a real, you know, gift to myself that I was having so that and really have helped you, have you done that with every book that you've written or have yeah yeah, oh, yeah. That's the only thing I had to do when I was writing the third one is I didn't have the bowl of sweets because <laughs> I'm actually um, I'm getting married in November so I didn't really I, like trying to stay away from too many sweet treats <laughs> <laughs> okay oh well did you still have the mug of coffee with the quote on it? yeah absolutely yeah and my headphones would go on everything else you know my phone would be on do not disturb mm-hmm. switch off from everything listen to my music and that's it <laughs> yeah well I I wanted to go back to the um when you were saying about writing um your feelings down you know like journaling and all of that how it helps so yeah. I downloaded your your guide the free guide oh, you have online about Great. getting unstuck and living a life that makes you proud and I love the gratitude list concept mm. where where you ask yeah. people to list things that they could do for themselves or things that make them grateful and all of that and I found it really helpful um as well you know just okay. is that something you recommend to do like every day or a few times a week I, yeah I I think it's something it's really important to do so as an example I didn't wake up in a very good mood this morning and um, it's actually because today's weigh-in day <laughs> and oh. I had a weigh-in and I wasn't feeling so good about that so I spent the morning in a little bit of a funk and I thought right you know I need to shift this I can't because they, they quite often say that the mood that you start the day in is that kind of will shape how the rest of your day will go. And it makes such a difference because if you focus on anything that you have to be thankful for, and it really doesn't matter how small it is, it might literally be your mug of coffee. It could be the fact that you've woken up that morning. Gratitude journaling is something that can just really help you to focus on what's good and what's going well in your life and Mm -hmm. even if you're going through a really really tough time you can always find something to be thankful for even if it is just I woke up this morning I'm able to feed myself or you know it could it could be really something that simple and the more that you do that the more that it puts you in a space of focusing on the positive stuff and helps you to um, what we call kind of reframe negative stuff so that you can see that there's something good in there somewhere. 
mm-hmm. um, and keep coming back to that. And I think it's it's a good thing to start your day with, definitely. It's also a nice thing. And I'm not saying I do this every evening, but it's nice if you can sit down of an evening and write down what's gone well that day. Um, also to get it out of your head, write down perhaps what's not gone so well that day, but then come back to, you know, but at least this went my way. This was good. You know, might have had a chat with a friend, something really, really small. And I always think if you're struggling to think of anything, just focus on the, you know, really core like life stuff. You know, mm. um, I've got my family to be thankful for. I've got, you know, running water, simple things like that. And it yeah. really, really can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It did make me realize, you know, when writing the, things I was grateful for it made me realize how hard we are on ourselves yeah I'm I'm really pleased about that because that's kind of what I I work towards is trying to help people to what I call flip the script which is the name of my Facebook group to you know even if you are feeling really negative there's always something in there that you can pull out of it to um, look at in a different way and see it in a more positive light yeah. So I saw that you also create um, like meditation videos and all of that. Is mm-hmm. that something else that you recommend doing to feel more positive? And- meditation has been a game changer for me. It really has. I have been meditating now. Where are we? 2021. Probably been meditating now for about five or six years. Not regularly. I used to go through just phases where I'd perhaps do the odd one a week. Um, I've done a few different coaching programs with people where I've been coached by them and they've included meditation as part of it. I didn't really understand what I was doing, but I felt that the important thing was actually to just give yourself that little bit of time and space to slow down. And it's actually really good for your health. Really, really good because it it does, you know, put you in a space of being in the moment. And, and that's really what it's all about, because too often we're focused on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. We're like a train going chug, 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 chug. And, you know, our brains don't stop. They mm-hmm. don't slow down. They don't know how to just calm and kind of laser in on one thing. And um, what happens for me when I meditate regularly, and it's quite good if you have one that you do, you know, like a guided meditation that you listen to perhaps over like every morning for perhaps a couple of weeks even and they don't need to be very long you can even have just five or ten minute ones um and you can listen to those and really just it helps you to just keep focusing on a small silent moment that just gives you that little bit of peace did you like that (laughs) (laughs) that was great that relaxed that made me feel relaxed instantly you feel calmer already (laughs) and um What happens often when you meditate regularly is that you start to receive inspiration and ideas kind of pop into your head. You don't really know where they've come from, but they appear and you think, oh, I'd not thought about that. That could be really interesting to, you know, maybe explore a little bit more. And you kind of try it out and see what happens and I've had some of the best ideas that way I really have you know they're just things that come to you and you're like what if I try that I wonder what could happen and so it just allows your 
some of the the busyness in your brain to quieten down enough for you to hear what you need to hear in that moment. So definitely a daily thing if you can. But as I say, it doesn't need to be very long. It can be hard if there's a lot of distractions sort of in your home and things. It is better if you do it with headphones on, really, because then you don't get so much of that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really feel that it's it's a, a gift you can give yourself just that little window of time where you're just listening to something that's helping you to focus on something that isn't the little chatter voice going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I fully understand that because, you know, everyday life can get overwhelming and a bit stressful and then you've got no space to like actually calm down and think things through. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And especially, you know, this past 18 months, there's been a lot of anxiety around and it's something I mean I've, I've touched on it in in my book the latest book you know because I was writing it during lockdowns um couldn't help but just kind of not come back to it and go you know if, you, if you're feeling like this at the moment it's all a bit much then actually perhaps what you need is just to step back don't keep listening to the radio don't keep listening to the news you know just shut down all of that noise the external things that can trigger anxiety mm-hmm. and you know, just have a quiet moment. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good advice. I'll definitely get on the meditating as well. Great. Lovely. Yeah, I've, I've never yeah, actually tried it. So yeah, I'd actually like to try it. So Great what stuff. would what would you say were the most challenging aspects of your career so far? So um, writing a book can be really hard. Um, it's something that I know is going to, you know, support what I'm doing, but it can be really um, difficult when you're writing to get what they call get out of your own way. And it's that can be applied in, you know, coaching and mindset stuff and everything, which is all really about you being your own worst enemy and telling yourself perhaps reasons why what you're doing isn't going to work. Mm hmm even though actually you've probably got evidence that it is doing some good already and you need to keep doing whatever it is you did that made it work the first time around. So for me, you know, I feel like the coaching industry can be a really, it's not a competitive space, but there can be a lot of people that it feels like are doing the same thing. So it's really been, I've worked really hard on focusing on what's different about the way that I do things. And that's been quite hard to understand because you know I've had many people over the years tell me that I'm an inspiration you know I've overcome lots of things and that I've helped them even when I've not intended to but to put that out there in a way that you're trying to help other people that you've never met possibly um, I actually find that really difficult because all I really need to say is what I know is going to help them, but it's finding those people and connecting with them that I've actually found more difficult in terms of building my coaching business. So, yeah. How do you usually go, go ahead and find them? Where, where do you so find I've your ideal? Connected with some great people. Some of them have been people who are moving in similar circles to me because of my age. Anyway, I am the age of really my ideal client. So some of the things I do, I've met some of my clients that way. So, for example, I sing in a tuneless choir and I've been approached by some of our members there, which was quite unexpected. But people do that for their mental well-being. So it makes sense that, you know, if 
they're doing something to support themselves that they're going to look for other things that help them too. Um, and I spend a fair bit of time looking in various other sort of social media, mostly Facebook groups. Um, but actually, it's been more people that are already a little bit of the way there anyway. So they might already be in a group that's all about positivity and that side of things, rather than a group that's all about whining about your life, to be quite honest, because I spent quite a bit of time in those, but it seems like sometimes those people are in there because they enjoy whining about their life and they're not really my <laughs> ideal client. <laughs> yeah. And then it can get heavy as well. Just hearing other people whining about their lives and then whining about yours and, mm. you know, you're just focusing on the negativity, I guess. And Yeah. And that's, and that's it, you know, negativity. Well, it, it works both ways. Negativity breeds negativity and positivity does the same thing. It breeds positivity. So yeah. I'd, I'd rather be focused on that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I get that. Yeah. So if you were looking for a coach yourself, what questions would you ask them to help you decide if they were the right coach for you? So I would want to know what they can offer me that really specifically um, applies to what I'm trying to learn. So, um, for example, I've in the past, I've had a uh, my first coach was actually a business coach and she was very specifically a wedding business coach when I was in the wedding industry. Um, but I, yeah, I would, I would be wanting to know if their area of expertise had, I think partly I'd want to know if it had come from learning about things or experiencing them, because I think that they're quite different ways of finding out your strengths. Mm -hmm. And um I don't necessarily think that for me, it's about finding somebody that would be qualified to do that. It would be more about what they've already kind of experienced themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they learn from their personal experiences and then they pass on that knowledge, you know? Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's the best way to learn. isn't it? So do you have any advice for coaches um, or authors even out there? Um, I think, Probably more the author side of things. I think if, you know, writing is something that you feel would be good for you in your, for example, in your coaching business um, or something that you're thinking of doing, just get on with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So one of the things that I often say, and it's um, it's come in at the beginning of my book and I use it quite a lot in my Facebook group is just rather than thinking about all the reasons why you might not do very well at whatever it is you're about to start just start just just dip your toe in and then momentum kind of picks up from there you can't um I think there's a saying you don't have to be great to start but you have to start to be great very true and I really like that because if you don't start you're just going to be sitting going nowhere <laughs> yeah no of course and if you come across like challenges during your journey how would you have how did you personally um, push past these challenges and find the motivation to keep going because sometimes it can get you know heavy being pushed back or hmm. feeling like you're not good enough so I would look at finding connecting with the people that I know are going to remind me of what I've already overcome um what it's possible to see other people overcoming you know so many things have started from nothing but yeah, I'd, I would really just be focused on um, 
the success stories and the achievements that have already been, you know, things that weren't expected that went right and kind of do it that way rather than um, finding a very specific solution to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. I think um, it can be better if you look at it from a way that makes you feel like it's possible rather than something that just tells you it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you have a specific solution, often things don't actually go as planned. So if you Quite have often, a, yeah. 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 So if you have a looser, you know, solution, then it's open to more possibilities of things that could happen. Yeah. It's about focusing on the outcome rather than focusing on the obstacles that get in the way of the outcome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. Where do you see your career um, five years from now? Well, in, yeah, in five years, I, um, I've always had this vision of me sat in a room surrounded by books but I don't necessarily know that they're going to be my books. Mm -hmm. So I feel as though possibly what might happen is I would like to be, I would probably like to be a co-author in more places um, and share my story that way, because I think you can gain a lot more insight from seeing, you know, multiple things in one place. Um, In terms of my coaching business, I would like to be in a place where I help enough people to be able to demonstrate to them that you can do something that you're passionate about and that you love, but still keep embodying what it is you're trying to teach. So my ideal model of a coaching business won't be, you know, working all the hours, doing all the things it would be that really connected time with enough women to make a difference and still be able to look after myself as well. Okay. Yeah. That's a great plan. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Could you tell our listeners um, where they could find you online or even find your books online? Yep, absolutely. So um, I've actually just finished sorting out the homepage for my website and it's got a little bit of everything on there. So it's actually www.jacquelinekent.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram at Jacqueline Kent Coaching. And my Facebook group is Flip the Script. And it's actually, um, if you look it up, it comes up as Flip the Script for Women in Their Prime of Life. So that's on Facebook. And my books are all available on Amazon if you search for them. So the only little thing I would add there is that my maiden name is published on two of them. And my soon to be married name, Jacqueline Kent, is actually what I'm working under now. So mm-hmm. my uh, maiden name is actually Jacqueline Rogerson. So that's that one. <laughs> OK, yeah, well, we'll link them up and we'll link up your Delenta profile Brilliant. as well and all your social Definitely. media. That's yeah. great. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. You're welcome. Thanks, Jacqueline. It was so lovely to speak to you. And I wish you the best of luck with your future releases and coaching experiences. And thanks to everyone for listening to Conversations with Coaches. And you can find all of our episodes on our website at www.delenta.com. Thank you.